actually enjoying the music a lot. Hola YouTube, my name is Ricarolino and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to another episode of the Out of the Box show, which is your favorite speed skating show if you didn't know yet. Anyway, today, still in season one and we have a very, very, very special team, which come from a country that we don't know a lot about, but we will know after this show. Today we're gonna be with two skaters from Team India. And funny enough, we have a five and a half hour time difference. So, ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Danush and Arti. Hey guys. <laughs> how are you hello. guys doing? <laughs> good, how are you? We, I'm good, we had a little bit of a funny start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so thank you very much for joining me on this Sunday evening and I'm gonna need to start with a very cliche question in this type of shows, but it just needs to be done because we don't know a lot about India. So we will try to dig a little bit into skating in India, but before that, how did you guys got into skating? Arti, how did you got into skating? Like from the beginning, I don't wanna know speed skating, I wanna know from the beginning. <laughs> so my parents, uh, were always keen on me doing some sport so before I joined skating I played tennis I went to swimming and uh, I went to the park one day and uh, there were small kids skating around and I told my mom maybe I should try this sport and so I joined uh, the skating classes and then I would I really liked the speed I think that fascinated me and uh, three months later we had like this small club uh, competition and I won a gold medal there and then my parents decided okay maybe skating is the sport for me and that's when I started my skating journey and ever since I've just been skating. <laughs> okay there's two things there that I didn't got because it didn't tell me. Number one, how old were you when that really started and in what part of India are you? In what city or what part of India? I was seven years old when I started skating and I live in the southern part of uh, India in a city called Chennai or Madras, the older name was Madras. So I lived right down in the south near the beaches. Yeah, so that's where I live. I live in a state called Tamil Nadu, which is in the south okay. side. It's, it's cool that you said that you started and three months later you won a race. So when you started, was yeah. already oriented? Was it already already oriented into racing? Is that what people do mostly in India? So when you start skating, you go. It's it's easier to go uh, into the racing part of it, or no? So actually, when uh, I joined the club, so each club keeps having different uh, races at different times. So it just so happened that when I joined in three months, it was my own club's competition. And my coach back then felt that, yeah, maybe I should give it a try so I would get more interested in the sport and see if I actually like racing. So that was okay. when I joined it and there were different age categories and I was below eight. So it just worked well for me. And yeah, so we keep having a lot of club races, like each club can decide to choose when they want to do the race races for their own clubs. Okay. Okay. But you're not the yeah. only one here, right? Am I yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, There's right. someone else. <laughs> there is someone else here. So, I would like to know how Danush actually got into skating too. Are you guys living in the same area of India? You guys live far apart? No, no. We live about far apart. Uh, 350 kilometers apart. 
lives okay. on the south side and even I live on the south side but I'm more centered in a city called Bangalore so I started skating when I was 4 years old so my mom and my grandma both are athletes they're into athletics so even after I was uh, born they used to go to the athletic stadium and they used to hang out and meet their friends and have work there so we had a small track uh, near the athletic stadium where I used to go and stand and uh, see all the other younger skaters who were skating and I was actually surprised that people could do this and my grandmom came up to me and she was like do you want to do this I said yeah I love to because I like the feeling of how you skate so that's how I started skating um, January 10th 1999 was the day I started skating so I still remember that Whoa. Day. how old are you <laughs> right now Okay. Okay. I actually started when I was two and a half years old too, and it was also because of my sister. But you were saying that Ooh. your your grand your mom and your grandmom, yes, uh, they were both into athletics. Were they into running or into skating already? Into running, into running. So my grandmom is a veteran uh, world bronze medalist. Oh wow! Yeah. So wow. almost all of my uh, sporting genes comes from my grandmom. Okay, and not just that, because yes, genes are, we all know that it's very, very important. But to be at the level that you guys are, there's other thing that it's probably even more important, and that is discipline. And you growing up seeing that discipline, I'm pretty sure it's something that influenced who you are right now. And I'm going to go back to Arat and I'm going to ask her, how is it? to be um, a professional athlete in India? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, in uh, India, education always comes first. So uh, it's really nice uh, when you know that you are actually able to manage education and uh, a sporting career. So that's one of like the highlights and that's gained a lot more respect for me with the fact that I'm a professional athlete and I'm able to uh, do my education as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's really nice because I've seen skating grow from the time I started skating. Like I think at the beginning we had like 300 skaters in our district but now we have close to 1000 skaters just in my own district. So it's really nice to see that the sport is developing. At such a fast pace and to know that I'm able to contribute something to this sport is really nice. So yeah, I think I'm blessed and I'm fortunate that way and I just hope I can give back more to the sport. That is cool. I, To be totally honest with you, um, I never knew a lot about India. I, I know there's... Whenever you guys get into, there's a lot of people doing it. And this is me being yeah. completely honest with you. I don't know a lot, but I know that one percent of India would be like a lot of people compared to most of the places yeah. in the world. So, do you guys have an idea? And I'm, uh, this is still for Arat, and then I'm going to go back to Danish. Is do you have an idea how many speed skaters you have in India? And how many skaters in general, not speed skaters? Is it like speed skating a big percentage of it? Uh, to be honest, we have 
uh, I would know more about speed skating because I just speed skate. But we also have a lot of people who do uh, figure skating and uh, play hockey quite a bit. And I think you should ask Danush the exact numbers because he's very really good with the numbers and how many people are actually there. But in my uh, state, we have say we can have close to three thousand, four thousand people just in my own in my own state. So it's quite a large number in our country. Like there are a lot of people who are skating. But you should ask Danush for the exact numbers. I'm pretty sure he knows it better. <laughs> okay. So before I ask Danush for the numbers, I'm gonna go to the previous question that I did to you, which is, Danush, yes. are you able to live? solely from skating nowadays and if so how is it to be a professional skater in india yeah uh, when you spoke about discipline and being completely able to survive with skating so uh, my father is my coach so no matter what i'm doing no matter where i am i have to be on the track because he's the one who's running the show so there then then and there the discipline has come because He's running the skating club and I have to be there. If I'm not there, then the other skaters will think that the coach's son is not here, so why should we? So that is the, you know, the grassroots of being disciplined and being punctual to the track. And uh, yes, I'm able to live solely uh, because of skating, because it's it's been my passion from a long time. And that's the only thing that helped me, that is the only thing that's helped me grow so much. And people recognize me for what I do on the track. So it's been a very, very crazy ride and I've been enjoying it so far. Okay, and uh, when I mean by being totally um, able to live from skating, is like, is the government pay you guys to be speed skaters, the UF sponsors, or how are you able to live from skating? Yeah, uh, so government supports us. They give us cash awards for different uh, events, for different medals. So they have set uh, cash awards for so and so events and the medals. So we once we apply, they they do support us. We are getting good support from the government and the federation too. Okay, what about the future? Do they do they somehow allow you to think about a future related to skating, or you guys are still very young and did you think about it? No, uh, to be honest, we never knew that we'd come so far. We never knew that we'd be sitting with you, talking to you about all this. So, I, I, I personally feel that it's really growing very fast. And uh, I, I've seen a lot of skaters, a lot of kids who are really interested in skating. Uh, they really want to grow, they really want to do the sport. So, I feel that it's really growing very fast. Uh, it's only that we need to channel it more in a professional way where people can recognize skaters who are really good and have, who have done well in the in the past so that they'll have a better future so people can the the old past skaters can guide them and uh, help them in their future okay and are you that good with numbers to tell me the numbers that we have in india <laughs> uh, if i'm not wrong in the in the past nationals we had about 3000 to 5000 skaters which is including wow. inline hockey roller hockey uh, and speed artistic so it starts from the below 8 years category to above 30 the above 35 masters so including all the age groups we have had roughly about 3000 to 4000 skaters and most of okay. them are professionals Okay, you're saying something actually. Oh, most of them are professionals. But yeah, sorry, really this is this is this is um this is a question that a lot of 
I have it. I, I I don't know how you see or how do you use the word professional because obviously there's different ways of using it. There's the, yeah. the the usage of the word professional as someone which is very, very good. And there's the usage of the word professional as someone who is able to live from. Yeah. Are three or four thousand people able to live from skating or three or four thousand very good skaters? There are three to four thousand very good skaters. That is including kids. Okay. Like I said, uh, okay. from the below eight age group, below eight years, to uh, the above thirty-five. So most of them okay. are skaters who skate every day, morning and evening. It's not like they just do it for the hobby's sake. They do it every day. They wake up in the morning. They train. They finish their daily schedule. They come back and train in the evening. And this is they do this for the whole year. So the okay. way I mean professionalists. They keep doing it for their passion and they really want to do it. It's always like, you know, they're just doing it for fun. Yeah. And from those three or four thousand professionals, how many of them, what's like the percentage of people that are actually able to live from? And let me, before you answer it, let me explain you why I'm making this question. Because during during this show, we, we've interviewed a couple of teams, some of them world champions. And some of the world champions are not even able to live from skating because of the support that they have from their country. It seems like the government of India really supports what you guys are doing, which is amazing. And that's why I'm making all these questions. I don't want you to guys think that I'm digging into something. It's I'm trying to show the rest of the world how amazing it is to be an Indian skater. So what's the percentage on those three or four thousand skaters that are actually real professionals in the term of like being able to live from skating uh, in terms of being able to live uh, for skating or by skating is i guess about 10 to 15 percent wow that is still a lot yeah up to 10 percent is for sure because most of them uh, who train also like are coaches so they train other kids so they have yes yes, yes 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 yeah, so some people do that. I myself do that, and Arti's club coach is also a coach. Even he does the same thing. He was a, a skater before, and he still uh, he's, he has a huge uh, team right now. So there are a few people who are training and also uh, helping other skaters too. So they are able to uh, live with skating. That is amazing. It's amazing that in one country, of course, yeah. India is huge, but it's amazing to think that's close to 500 or 600 people living yes. totally from skating. Uh, looking at these images that we're watching right now, I can see something that you guys already know what I'm going to ask for. And that is quads. Why are quads <laughs> so powerful like there's so many people still using quads for racing in India Arat uh, okay to be honest uh, we have different levels of people like the thing is the inline skates are quite expensive and the parents in our like the parents in our country think that unless they know that their child wants to get into the sport professionally it's that it doesn't make a lot of sense in spending so much money on the sport because the sport is actually expensive so what they would do is first put them on quad skates and see if they could actually uh if they actually like the sport and if it's if it, if they really like the sport then shift them to inline so there's always this concept in our country that you know we start off with quads because it's a 
little more easier than inline also so if the kid really likes the sport only then they they would really want to shift to inline to be honest i did quad skating for almost 4 years before i could actually shift to inline cuz my dad always made made <laughs> made like a rule to me saying that when i win a national medal in my quad skates then he would shift me to inline skates so i had like that aim that i would i need to win a medal at quad skates cuz i knew if i do represent the country then i needed to shift on inline so most of the skaters that i'm pretty sure danish did quad too so we all come from a background of quad so quad is still really strong in our country cuz still there are still a lot of people who can't really afford the sport because it is very expensive like if you want to represent the country you need to buy wheels for every race for every training you still need to use good set of wheels but quad is a slightly cheaper compared to what an inline skate is so that's mainly why the reason people still like quad you know still keep using quad skates because for the coaches it's a little convenient to convince the parents that their child actually has potential in the sport and to you know at least give them a shot at quad skates and see if they could get somewhere so mostly one once you yeah it's amazing i actually love it cuz i came from quads but i came from quads <laughs> back in my time because there was no inline skates as i told you i started i'm older than you guys i'm i'm about to turn 40 <laughs> So when I started, <laughs> I started in the early 80s, and from the early 80s till about 92, I think I was it was close like end of 92, early 93. That's when I got my first pair of inline skates. And for the next couple of years in Portugal was about the same as you were saying, which a lot of the clubs already had the quads. So the kids that get into the club would get the skates from the club. The inline skates would need to be bought by their parents. Exactly. So, but nowadays because there's so many so much more inline skates from what I know there's a lot of very few people that actually start start with quads. But I think it's very interesting. I think it's very interesting that you guys kept it and also very interesting that I see some older guys that I'm I don't know, I don't know about the economics of some of the people there, but it seems like some adults that are still amazing in quad skating and as an adult i'm pretty sure there might have been a lot of opportunities to make the shift from quad to inline but they choose to be on inline what is it here um danish well i feel that you know most of them started quad and some of them still really like quad because it's much more easier and it's much more fun I personally prefer to skate on quads because when I started skating, I saw I represented the the state on 2013, sorry 2003. So from 2003 to 2007, I was in quads. I was skating on quads, and after 2007, I shifted to inline. So I really feel that I was much more stronger uh, compared to me being on inline. I feel a lot of people still use quads because it's much more easier to commute, and people like like I said. people like it more than inline. Okay. It's it's I do understand what you mean, especially because on quads we have so much more surface of the wheel on the ground that we feel everything. And to turn, it's not about <laughs> moving your heels or your toes, it's actually about leaning. So it's a completely different feeling and it's a completely different technique. So how was it yep. for you for the two of you? How was it to adapt? And you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys see a lot of people 
changing from quads to inline skates with quads being so frequent what do you think it's the main part that people would struggle with and would be what would be the biggest advantage for the new guys coming from quads to inline all right uh, so when I shifted from quad to inline, uh, I had actually gone uh, back then, like few years back, till I joined a club in my own city. I didn't have like a good track in my city, so I would actually travel to Danush's state to go and train. So I wore my inline skate first with one of a coach from that state. So I think it's very important when you're making the transition to make sure that your coach knows the base to shift from quad to inline, because the whole balance, the alignment, the way your body shifts, all of that plays a very important role. So I think that way I was I was a little lucky because my coach was uh, the Indian team coach back then. So when I shifted, I, w I stayed there for a month so he could completely work on my base and you know, he made sure that my alignment and everything was perfect. And I don't know, I was just really excited that I could come to inline. I always wanted to be on inline. So I always had that adrenal rush when I was shifting. So it, it wasn't, it was hard, but it wasn't something that I expected it to be a lot harder, but I was able to keep up with the pack. And you know, I started skating with a lot of boys back then. So that kind of helped me to switch quite easily. But on a general basis, like if you see, like in my own club now, we do have a lot of kids shifting from uh, quad to inline. So I think it's really important that the coaches work more on the basics first because once you uh, get strong with your basics, then everything gets a lot easier. And that's something I would have wanted to do. Like if I ever had a chance to change my basics a little more, I would still want to do that. So I think that's very, very important to like believe in your coach and, you know, trust the whole process of working on your basics and even though it takes a little longer than going faster i think it will make you go much faster if you actually are really strong on your basics that's something that we need to learn in our country because the technical part is very important in inline i think compared to quads because in quads it's not that much of technique because it's two wheels in front and two wheels at the back and like you said there's more surface area of the wheel so it's just a lot easier but with inline the technique plays a very important role i think yeah the, I th if i can um supplement what you're saying i would say that on quads there's a lot of dragging and because there's a lot of dragging you need a lot of strength to make them roll on inlines yeah there's no surface touching the ground it's all about the technique <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, danish how yeah. was it how was it the transition for you uh my transition was uh, a little bit tough because the time i changed my uh, skates from quads to inline was the time when people were shifting from uh, 100 meters, 100 mm to 110 mm. So I was on the older 100 mm wheel, and most of them were on 110. So I felt like you know, even though I changed my skates to inline, I was really slow. But then after a few few uh, months, I got to know that my wheels were not the ones which that were um, the other skaters are using. So I had to change my whole setup to 110 to 4. So once I changed, I was pretty comfortable, but still I had some issues with alignment because like Aarti said, we still have that uh, uh, problem with technique, the technical uh, direct directives about the alignment and the frame setting on the board. That is a bit lacking in India. So I feel that uh, people are getting to know about it uh, a lot right now because most of them are traveling to overseas uh, to train and they're able to train with the world champion. So they're, they're able to learn about frame setting and 
different types of uh, you know fields for different types of uh, uh, arenas and all that. So I feel that you know my my transition was pretty decent enough, but not not too not too shabby. Okay. Question. You guys have been talking about the transition being a lot of times later. We spoke about um, the reasons why that happens. Obviously, um, from what we also already spoke here, the economics are not helping every single skater. Obviously, there will be some people with money skating and like in every other country, there will be people with less money skating too. I do know that India is producing some skates, at least when it comes to recreational and fitness skates. Is there any uh, speed skating brand from India at the moment? Danush. Yes, yes, there are. There are uh, like one of the one of the biggest brands. I think you might have heard of it. It's called uh, Simmons Rana Skate Racing. So they're manufacturing the skates in India right now. So it's a tie-up between uh, David Simmons and Rahul Rana from India. So they are manufacturing the skates in India right now. So and it's one of the very big brands right now. Okay, and are they producing the boots or everything is being produced in India? Everything, the boots, the frames, the bearings, even the wheels, they have tied up with matters and they're making their wheels right now. Wow, wait, wait. Is, is matter producing wheels in India now? Because matter has been known for producing wheels in USA. Yes, so they're producing it for an Indian company. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And the rest of the stuff, that's the question. Are, what is actually produced in India? The boots, carbon, the and all that? Because I know some yes. of the skates are full on. Yes, yes, the boots and the frames are made in India. Okay, I have still going about the technical part because it seems like you're someone that knows about it, and I'm very curious. What about cat's bearings? I really can't tell you about something which I haven't tried. So, I but there, there's an they are an Indian company, aren't they? Yes, they're an Indian company. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, do you guys have um, skate sponsors from skate brands, or how does it work, Arat? Or do you just get the skates you want? <laughs> it it it's really funny because both of us are sponsored by Simon's Rana Racing. <laughs> I joined the team last year, and so. Uh, it's a really nice scene because it's really nice to know that there's a company from India that's supporting our sport so much and I think we owe a lot to that uh, company because he gives us everything we want right from the skates to the bearings to the wheels to the frame to the apparels and you know he takes care of us really well so that way I think we're blessed that uh, we're getting sponsored and it's just fortunate that both of us are part of the same team. So yeah, we are right now, we both are part of the Simon Sadana racing team. And uh, yeah, for now, before that, I was actually on Takino boots. I've been on custom boots, I think right from 2009 or 10. I was on City Run first and then I shifted to Takino for a while. And then now I'm on Simon's and uh, yeah, hopefully it stays like this. Let's see what the future holds. <laughs> But yeah, at the moment, both of us are part of the Simons Rana racing team. <laughs> okay, so it, it's basically they have a sponsor for you that 
covers you with everything skate like product uh, skate yeah. product related now yeah. Yeah. let's yeah. get into the interesting part of it because we've been getting to know us each other like knowing a little bit more about each other and all that so now i actually want to know a bit more about results and all that i know you guys have been doing let me explain you the idea that i have okay india until a couple of years ago you guys used to come to or india used to send skaters to europe quite often you guys used to make very good results yep. at the younger age but then when they become a little bit older the results aren't the same but yep. that is changing that is changing with you two i also know <laughs> i know that and, that's, that's, <laughs> and i also know that you guys have been investing i mean you guys your country your federation or your clubs i don't know and that's what i'm you guys are going to tell me have been investing a lot by bringing the best skaters in the world to your country to teach you've been sucking information who is it is it the clubs is it the federation that organizes that uh, joey mantaya goes there at uh, bar um i don't know if bart was but i know that felix was there felix. Uh, pascal felix. pascal is coming who is organizing that? Is it the clubs? Is it the federation? How does the whole thing work? Uh, Danush, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> most of it is uh, taken care by the clubs and the skate. Uh, you know, most of the skaters, most of the international skaters are coming. Um, they are privatized by the company clubs who come to their own track and uh, skate. Uh, but when Joey came, it was. Uh, Rahul, I mean the Rahul Rana, the owner of Simon Zaha Racing. So he was the person who invited this uh, this camps. Uh, Joey came through him, and that is how it worked. And uh, for Felix to come in India, I think it was one of the clubs in Delhi. Uh, they invited him over, and that's that's that is how he came to India. And uh, yeah, I mean Joey and Felix were the only person to come, and there are few more people coming in. Uh, through their own uh, private contacts. Okay. And does does the federation organizes that type of workshops or all like that? Or imagine if if a club brings Joey there, they keep it just for their coaches, or it's something that they open with other coaches for the whole uh, country to develop, or they do it for their one will, like so that their club grows up and they're scared. When Joey came to India, he came to uh, two different packs from North Rock. Uh, one was in Bangalore and one was in uh, Ahmedabad. Okay, but that was obviously organized by a, that was obviously organized by a by a company. So it's also obviously a marketing strategy a bit so that they want to it, most mo most of the people, most of the skaters that uh, the international athletes that come is mostly uh, mostly because of a private setup. But they have to like take the permission. At least in the current scenario, you can call any skater from anywhere to come and help you guys. But you need to inform the federation of our country before you could do an official camp. 
and uh, even if it's happening in one city by one coach uh, anyone around the country is welcome to attend that camp for hamiawa people they have their own rules like joy probably had 20 people in one uh, one timing so till the bookings are full anyone around the country can go and join the camp you just need to pay and you know join so it was never like it was just one club but it was and usually when athletes from outside india come here they come to two to three different cities because india that way is very diverse we have a lot of cities a lot of different cultures so they usually hop around to two or three different cities and then uh, you know arrange the camps but from the federations part uh, you i'm pretty sure you know our coach from italy ravasi sir so he is the one who's been coming for the past 3 years so when he trains the indian team and uh, once we are done with our indian camp and we can go back home for a few days in those two weeks uh, ravasi sir travels to different cities and he does camps through the federation and he helps the kids through the federation so that's the official camps that happen from an international perspective the federation arranges camps through our indian team coach so that he could help and ravasi sir would teach like right from the coaches like you are to the kids everyone's allowed in those camps and he trains the coaches on how to make the base stronger and i think uh our, our performance at an international arena has improved tremendously after ravasi sir entered our fraternity like you know it was it we have a lot of uh, talented coaches in our country like genuinely like i don't think i would have been at this stage without my indian coaches but the fact that the indian coaches and uh the indian team coach and ravasi sir could together put in a a formula that helped us perform better work really well so i think the federation that way did a fantastic job by you know bringing up somebody from outside to to make it a good combination with our indian team coach so i think that was a really good move by our country and that worked quite well for all of us that's exactly what i wanted to get when i started with this conversation i was obviously going to be <laughs> the, the coach julio ravazi and i was going to ask um what is your idea about what he's doing but you obviously already told me so i'm going to ask danush oh, for his I, opinion about i love it <laughs> <laughs> Danish, uh, is, how much is professor? Do you, do you call it professor coach? Julio Ravazzi has been coach. Coach. Okay, how much has yes. coach Julio Ravazzi has been changing your performance in uh, skating internationally? It's not like the other coaches. He makes sure that you are comfortable with what he's teaching. It's not like he tells you something to do and you just go do it and you won't feel good about it. He comes up to you, he asks you what you need, he asks you what you exactly want, and then he tells us what he was supposed to do, what he's supposed to achieve. So he makes sure we are on the right track before even starting over. So if I'm on the track and I don't feel good, he comes up to us and tells. Even after being so old, he makes sure that he shows how to do it. It's not just like he just tells us and then he forgets about it. He comes up to us, he literally shows us all those drills uh, on the track and shows us this is how it's done, this is how it's supposed to be done. And the way he interacts with people, the way he interacts with the skaters, 
I don't think uh, most of the people do that, and that is one of the key benefits of him. He makes sure that we are on, you know, on his terms and we are on his uh, word. Because when we are on the track, he's the only person we listen to because he knows how our bodies, he knows how our uh, body is uh, responding to all these training. So I feel that he has changed the team a lot, and I really feel that in coming future, if he's with, he will definitely be in the team. So I'm sure that he will definitely change the team if given uh, time. You, I need to make you a question. You yeah. said he's very old. How old is he? I'm not sure, but uh, he's 20 years old. He's 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just, okay, let's go back to what you guys are doing and still staying in this high performance skating that you guys are at. How does the Indian nationals work? Do you guys have Indian nationals um, in your in your class? How many people are competing? Okay, so to take part in like the Indian National Championship, you first need to go right from the, uh, we have something called the district level. So you win in the district and then you can, if you win medal in the district, then you go to the state level and then you need to finish in uh, top three in the state two. And that's how you can go to the National Championship. It's, uh, I'm, I don't know how it works in other countries, but in India, to represent in the Federation National Championship that happens once a year, you uh, know, it's not like it's an open championship, but only the top four from each uh, state in that particular category can take part in that championship. So it's four skaters for each category. So I'm saying about uh, 40 skaters from each state for the whole national championship happens. So that happens once a year that's conducted by the federation. So to go to like that national championship, you have to race like the district level and the state level and then go to the national championship. And if you want to represent the country like in the world championship and Asian championship, after you finish your national championship, you need to medal in the national championship and then you are eligible to attend the Indian trials that happen for the Asians and World Championship. So like that's how our process goes. So if you win a medal in the national championship, then you're allowed to take part in the Indian trials and the Indian camp. And if you finish top two in at least two events in the Indian trials, then you get selected to be part of the Indian team. So that's how our whole process works. And so how many people do you, does the Indian team usually has at the end? If you go to the World Championships, um, just it, in the main um, division, as an example, or per division, uh, how okay. many skaters? So, uh, so it varies uh, every year, I think. Uh, so the rule, to, like I said, to get selected for the Asian Championship is out of the eight or nine races that we have, we need to finish first or second in at least two races. So if you see that way, like each skater gets at least two events and like, for example, if I can, if I finish first in five or six races, then six spots are already gone. So you say like in the boys, they might be around sometimes. I think in Barcelona, we were around 25 skaters. So the events just get split. However, the races happen at that particular year or sometimes like, you know, sometimes it's there are two strong boys who can still continuously win all the gold and silver, then it can also be just two people. 
so it depends on how the race splits at the indian trials so i think per country where i love eight skaters so sometimes you might actually have eight junior boys who are coming and just doing like one or two races because they got that event at the indian trials so basically it's okay. just that what happens at the indian trials and that's how we come to the world championship and where does profess uh, the coach julio ravazzi comes does he, he at what part of this whole equation this whole process does professor does this coach uh, julio ravazzi enters the process is it when he after the, the trials or once you are in the trials he starts giving you some advice so, or only after the trials when is, when is it yeah, so he's there when the trials are happening he's looking at all the skaters who are facing the trials so once the team is set once uh, we have decided that this is the team so that is when he comes into uh, the picture and that is uh, when he starts training us so it's after the trials after the uh, trials and when the indian team is set is when ravasi does a uh, coach ravasi comes in and he starts training us okay it's it's funny in a certain way that you guys say that he has been changing the results and the way that you guys work because that's what he did with the portuguese team in fact uh, the portuguese the first <laughs> the first portuguese medals were done in one of those after three years of work from coach Julio Ravazzi with the portuguese team So that's why I was actually bringing this conversation here because we have something <laughs> in common with you guys. Um when is the first medal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> seeing seeing your progression over the last couple of years. When is your first international like uh medal like a let's say a world medal. When is We it hope- when is it coming? we hope it's coming soon uh <laughs> to be honest the thing is um uh there's a lot of difference between junior racing and senior racing i'm sure you know and we have like a fresh bunch of juniors who are just coming so i just hope that you know they could keep at it and you know keep continue training because i think it's a little easier winning in juniors than in seniors but to be honest uh i was i was really shocked with the way i performed myself in barcelona because i didn't expect to do uh give such a consistent performance and that is why i owe so much to uh, shripad sir and ravasi sir who are our indian team coaches because they know uh they know how to bring the best out of an athlete so i'm just hoping uh, both the coaches can bring the best out of me in the next few years and hopefully that converts into a medal and i'm ready to put in the effort so i just hope it comes real soon and another big thing in our country is like you spoke before in the junior categories like in the cadets in you know in the other categories india is really good cuz the kids are really good at that at that age but when you come become 14 15 and you actually start getting into the serious racing education also has an equal power and in our country most of the parents would want you to study so there are mostly a lot of kids who kind of quit the sport after 14 15 for education so that is why like you asked why is there like why aren't we meddling as much as we're meddling in in the smaller age groups because in the smaller age groups it's very easy to manage academics and the sport but as you keep 
growing academic slightly overpowers our sport and uh, most of the kids end up going more into academics and don't give so much of a effort for the sport and that is why our sport is kind of stagnant at that level so you know if we go if we need to meddle somewhere we need to start making skating a priority and that is going to be a task but it's actually really nice now because we're trying to manage the whole thing our federation that way is a little supportive and you know they kind of they kind of know when you have like your university exams and stuff so they kind of played with us and they try helping us to manage both because to be honest uh for me it was really hard back then in 2008 and 9 and when i started per- pursuing medicine it was just all the more tougher for me but uh you know when you have support from people around you it's a lot easier so i'm just hoping that with we're still trying to juggle between academics and uh, the sport but i see a lot of people coming up in the sport and a lot of good juniors so i just hope that they could convert all the time that they have to the sport and hopefully we can medal soon with all of the help from all the coaches and everybody so yeah hopefully soon okay. maybe in the next few years we see some we actually yeah, have medals in the asian championship but not yet at the world championship okay it's actually quite interesting what you were saying i was listening to it because you are actually you have actually been a good example of how to manage sports with education are you studying to be a doctor or are you a doctor right now <laughs> you said medicine right I am a doctor and right now I'm doing my yeah I finished my MBBS and I'm right now doing my post graduation. So yeah, I finished. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm 26 years old. Did, <laughs> so I finished. Did, did, did you specify in a in any type of medicine or it's just general medicine? I finished my MBBS and right now I'm pursuing my masters in clinical embryology is related to infertility treatment so yeah so I'm doing okay. my post graduation in that now That is amazing that you yeah. were able you are actually a very good example for everyone else so that it's that that's the type of <laughs> you are the type of people that if in my opinion obviously but if the government wants to to get more people motivated to be able to study studying to be a doctor and at the same time to, to be a <laughs> high performance athlete it's a very good example um danish thank you how is it for you did you did you stop studying do you still study did you no, finish I, your graduation <laughs> okay my graduation yeah i finished my graduation so i did something called ethical hacking Uh, most of you don't know about this so it's basically i'm currently working part time as a social security expert okay so it was it's pretty interesting so i took that up as my uh, career so i finished my graduation and right now i'm just skating so my dad uh, we run a club we have our own track and i'm also building a new track so i want to be in the sport even after i retire That's interesting because you, you you spoke previously about your dad being the coach and running the club. You finished your graduation being totally focused on skating. What about pressure? Do you feel the pressure of being uh, the skate coach son that oh, needs to perform well? Uh, that's a lot of pressure. 
it's, it's a lot of pressure because um, uh, the whole club's performance is kind of uh, on me because people will definitely question the coach uh, based on his son's performance. So they'll be like, if the son, if the coach's son is not performing, there's no point in you know uh, letting our kids train with him. So it's it's a lot of pressure sometimes when people look up to me and people are expecting me to perform well. So the pressure is always on, and I try to channel that kind of pressure into uh, motivation so I can perform much better. Okay. And how do you deal with it? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how to say this, but um, whatever, like whenever I am, I'm feeling, you know, nervous or whenever I'm feeling low well, before the race, I try to imagine and I try to, you know, uh, imagine the race is already happening. So a day before the race, say tomorrow morning, I have a race, and tonight I don't, I don't think I can sleep because. My uh, imagination is still going on, and I st- still keep thinking about how 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 the race is gonna be. So it's very difficult for me to sleep. So I try to channel all that kind of uh, you know uh, stress and uh, nervousness into uh, my uh, motivation, so I can perform. So in the morning, I know how to race. I I have certain uh, things to do on the race. So that's how I I, I try to deal with uh, stress and. Awesome. Now, the world is going through uh, <laughs> some weird times. Yes. <laughs> how how are you guys uh, feeling it right now? How much it, it has affected you guys in India? Obviously, the World Championships have been postponed, and no one really knows what's happening. How have you guys been able to train, and what keeps you motivated on training, Arat? Ah, okay. So this is obviously one of the hard times I think for any athlete to keep up with their motivation and to try skating. For us, to be honest, we had lockdown for a really, really long time, and so my my main motivation was that uh, I didn't have to go to the hospital every day, and I was on duty just. Uh, twice or thrice a week, so I had a lot of time to give in to myself, and uh, so I tried using that time to work on stuff that I was actually not very strong at. And my my only motive, I think, as an athlete, it's your duty to keep training, and you know, it. I don't think you need to find a lot of excuses not to train because. Like if you have to study, you have to keep reading your books. So if you have to keep performing, you still have to keep training. I think that's the whole motto. And it was uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed this time. It's very funny, but yeah, I really enjoyed the lockdown because I got time for myself. I could train on a lot of different things. I tried doing new training at home, a lot of off skates, a lot of I have a gym at home, so. That helped me quite a bit because uh, I was doing a lot of gym at home, cycling at home. I had like my trainer giving me online programs, so that is how I've been going. And uh, my husband's an athlete, so it worked well for me because we would do uh, sessions together. He's from a different sport, so I was trying to see what kind of training they do in that sport and trying to make new programs for ourselves. So I think I learned a lot in this lockdown on how to keep. Keep myself fit and how to keep going with the stuff that you actually just have and how do you manage. 
but yeah of course i did miss skating quite a bit cuz i don't think you get any more satisfaction any other kind of satisfaction than actually just being on skates and just doing sessions on skates so i kind of miss skating quite a bit but uh yeah i think when you have a goal and when you have a aim and you know what you actually want to achieve from the sport i don't think there's any reason for not training at whatever circumstances but it was really hard and i just hope that this virus just goes away soon and everyone can get back to normal because we were really looking forward to this world championship and asian championship and i was actually really interested in doing the european uh, circuit as well so yeah all of it has is at a halt now but uh, yeah i kept going and i'm i'm glad that uh, you know i could still train and do what best i could and i just hope everyone is doing that at their own places awesome let me just make you one quick question What sport does yep. your husband do? Is is he is it, on a high level uh, or something? Yeah, he's a cricketer. So he plays cricket for our country here. So it was really nice for me because he's never in the city and during the lockdown he got stuck in my city and then we could stay together and we could train quite and a bit. Like, yes. So it was really nice for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now he's gone awesome. again for the next few months. So yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed the lockdown. <laughs> Okay. Learning, learning. Okay, now what about what about Danush? How, how was it? Uh, how did you keep the motivation, and especially running a club? Uh, how did you guys deal with it? Yeah, so to be honest, uh, in the month of Feb, uh, I planned to go to Colombia to train. So I was in Colombia till uh, March. I was training uh, in Colombia, so I thought that you know if I train with the world champions. I could perform much better and I was really hoping to get used to the Colombian type of skating. So, I was in Colombia and when I was training, I w- it was about 45 days into training. I-, I got a mail from the airline saying that this is the last flight to India. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in this country for many many months. So, I didn't want to take that risk. So, as soon as I got the mail, I flew back to India and right the next day there was lockdown. So, I tried doing a couple of uh, home workouts like like Aarti said she has a gym at home but we don't have that privilege. <laughs> so it was difficult <laughs> for me to, <laughs> it was it was difficult for me to you know uh, work out at home but I still I still kept my fitness. I used to do a lot of core exercises and other uh, I used to run around my block so just to keep myself fit. Uh, so I just barely survived the lockdown and once as soon as the lockdown got over I started skating because it's been a long time because i was training at a very high level in colombia from that high level to uh, coming to a stop to nothing really, to it's like yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it was a big big uh, challenge for me to keep myself fit so i i made sure i was fit before i skating so once i started skating i started working on what i was lacking like how arti said i started working on my technique so uh, right now i'm still not there yet Uh, I was really looking forward to racing this year but because of this happened I've got more time to work on myself. Okay, how, how strict was it the the lockdown in India were you able not even to walk strict. outside? Uh, no yeah, skating so at all. The initial time no, we were not even allowed to go out of the house. Like you were completely inside the house, you were not supposed to walk out. You only had a set amount of, you know, uh, like if you say 10 to half an hour in the morning or half an hour in the evening, only then you can go out of the house, get some fresh air, and you have to be back home. So it is pretty strict. In my city, though, it was it was uh, pretty pretty strict. 
Okay. It was really bad okay, because think... uh, the population in our country is also quite a bit. So to like keep the control, it was we had like complete lockdown. So it was actually a real, really bad time. But yeah, now it's better. I can imagine. Um, I think we have <laughs> someone that wants to make us a live question. So let's see if that is possible. Can we bring yep. someone into this live stream? Give me a second. Let's see if we can bring that one person. Okay, it's not happening. We were trying to bring someone that <laughs> wanted to make a live question, but he, he got a little bit shy. It's not easy sometimes. <laughs> okay. It's not easy so. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, bef because we didn't, have that we didn't have that question from the public, I still have something else that I want to ask you. Um, we saw that there's a lot of people skating in India in general, because the country is actually also big. What about compared to other sports? The, the speed skating gets some media attention. Uh, I know that cricket is huge, so I'm pretty sure Arad knows <laughs> how to say, like, comparing it to your husband, like, <laughs> uh, of course, it's completely different. But do you guys, I, I saw there was an interview of you on TV. It was one of the videos that was, uh, it looked like TV. Yeah. Does that type of stuff yeah. happens often? Would you guys be on local magazines or... Uh, articles about yourself. I can give you guys a good example. I'm pretty sure you guys know Diogo Marreiros. He's probably, not probably, he's for yeah. sure the best Portuguese speed skater ever. And he's been yeah. a lot on media and a lot on TV. And that's been helping skating to be more present for a lot of people. So the question is, what about you guys? How do you feel? Do you feel that happening in, in India, Arat? Well, it's happening for sure but not on a very large scale compared to a lot of other sports like you like said, cricket. like our sports <laughs> oh no i'm not even comparing cricket because cricket's a whole different league in our country and that's like a different uh whole different sport and they don't even come into the actual sporting category and i don't even want to talk about that sport but i'm saying as an individual sport yeah we do get a lot of uh, opportunities to come in local magazines and stuff but the problem is uh, our sport is not in the Olympics and that is something that kind of stops a lot of people from, you know, uh, actually coming forward to help our sport because our sport is just growing now. Uh, but there are still like, I think when you start performing and when you start making a name for yourself and for your country, then you're obviously going to start growing. Like you said, if Diego is one, is getting so much popularity he's one of the best in the world too he's winning at world championships so he's probably that famous now and he's going to get that much of limelight so i think as we keep growing as the sport in the sport and we start winning more medals then our sport is also going to grow at that pace because like you see we have badminton squash athletics they're all other individual sports in our country that are also growing but they all started growing at a faster pace when they started winning olympic medals so i think when we start winning at the world championships and at the asian championships more often i think we're going to get more more amount of media coverage but at the moment it's 50 50 of the media coverage not not a lot to be honest you also said something interesting so it's nice that you guys are supporting us <laughs> <laughs> 
You actually said something interesting, which was you were you were asking about being not being. You were saying about not being an Olympic sport. Obviously, we all know the walk around that a lot of the athletes do by by doing um, ice speed skating. Is that something that you have any interest on? Um, to be honest, uh, it's on my mind. Uh, that uh, <laughs> actually, there are a few people who've been pursuing me to kind of you know give a shot at ice skating since uh, i've been doing roller skating for such a long time and they think that i actually should give a shot at ice skating since it's an olympic sport but yeah it's on my mind i'm just waiting for the whole covid to get down and the virus should to settle and hopefully somewhere in the near future i can give a shot at ice skating as well but i used to to be honest i used to ice skate back when i was in school before i joined um med school but once i joined med school i did not have enough time to manage uh, studying and roller skating and ice skating so i put ice skating at a halt and i was just studying and doing roller skating but now that i i'm going to get done with my masters uh, by next year mid so probably then give ice skating a shot so yeah it is on my mind and i hope it clicks and i could do something for the country perfect danish what about you when is ice skating coming and What's happening with that media coverage? Are you showing? Are, are you on the front page of the, of fitness magazines yet, or not? <laughs> yeah, like Aarti said, she just told my words. Uh, we are covered by the local magazines and the local newspapers. Like whenever nothing happens, we are covered by the newspapers about the results and about the sport. Um, yeah, we are getting support, but not as much as we are supposed to be. Um, I hope that you know people recognize the sport more and. Um, you know, people start issuing us, uh, you know, uh, start putting us on the media newspapers, uh, like, uh, you know, magazines and news channels and all that. Perfect. Thank you very, very much. And now I'm gonna. We, we're coming to an end. We had someone were making a question, which should be for Danush. Uh, they were asking you. You were talking about core training. Someone was asking if yeah. what, what what is more important is it leg, <laughs> the leg workout or the core workout? What do you think is more important for I speed skating? I feel I feel both of it is equally important. It's not just about the core or the leg. Um, both are equally important because you're using both of your. Uh, I mean, you're using both core and your legs to skate, and the more stronger it is, the better it is for you. So it's not like yeah, probably more important. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was saying that you know it's not just that you know you have your legs and you don't have a core support. So having good core support is also important, and having good uh, powerful legs also important. Yeah, I would say probably more important than having strong one or the other. It's about the way they both work. If yeah. you have all of them working good together, you don't need to have the best legs or the best, yeah. best core as long as they work together. <laughs> it's like a team. It's like you guys. You might be amazing skaters, but if you don't have anyone connecting all the dots, nothing will ever happen. And it seems yeah. like you guys have been connecting the dots lately. In the World, lately. Roller, games, in the world yeah. roller Games, after my 500 meters race, uh, I think you all know Pedro Kausil from Colombia. Uh, so he came up to me and he's like, um, you have very skinny legs, you should see the other uh, world champions, they have huge legs. And then I was like, yeah, I have very skinny legs. But then Edwin Estrada comes in and Edwin has huge legs, like he has massive legs. So he comes in and he's like, even though he has skinny legs, he, he knows how to use them. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> 
Obviously. This, this comment, this comment coming from a person who has huge legs, like humongous legs, is like a, a very big compliment for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's the thing. It's and it obviously also has to do with um, with the discipline, not the discipline, but with the distances that you do. Obviously, the body is different for a certain t- the ideal body, but. More than the ideal body, it's an ideal usage of the body that you have. Um, now, to finish this, to finish this, how ideal will be the usage of your body in five years from now? Meaning, what is going to happen in five years from now to you related to speed skating? All right. Where are you going to be? In five ah, years? five years from now. In uh, skating, I hope uh, I have a lot of dreams, and I hope in the next five years I could achieve my dreams. One of it is definitely standing on the podium at the World Championships. So that's something that I would I would love to see myself at. So I'm going to take all that it takes to make myself be there. And uh, so I think uh, the most important thing is to have short-term goals and. My main aim is that, but to reach that, I need to have smaller goals, and I'm just going to keep having smaller targets that I could try achieving, and hopefully, finally reach my main target and see what I could do. It uh, since ice skating is also on my mind, I hope I could, you know, make some good use of that sport too, and hopefully, represent the country at the highest level. And my, I think. As an athlete from uh, India, it would obviously be a dream to see one of the guys at the podium, and I would all—it's it, always a pleasure representing our country, and I'm really proud of the fact. And I hope for the next five years, I could still continue representing the country and making our country proud, and hopefully make the sport grow too. So that I would definitely want to give back to the sport after five years. So that's something that I'm actually looking forward to. So a medal at the World Championship is something that I'm actually very keen on. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You want to see someone on the podium, but obviously, if it's you, even better. Now, someone was leaving us a question, which yeah. I'm going to let you answer. Um, let me just read it again. Okay, it's just right. Best, best tips to start on speed skating if you're in India or worldwide. To start speed skating, uh, the first thing is to find a good coach who knows about the sport because. Uh, you know, I think that makes a very, very big role on who you're actually under. Because skating is not something like you know you can't just if you don't have a proper base. Like I said before, it's going to be really hard. So I think to find a proper coach who you could believe in and you know give time to that coach to trust and uh, you know see where you could lead to. So I think coach plays a very important role and. Uh, in skating, obviously, I like you and Danush said it was the core and the lower body. I think it's the whole body because my upper body was really weak for a really long time, so I would get pushed around everywhere at the long distance races. So I think the whole body works together. So you know, when you come to skate, then you obviously know that you have to be fit to to you know achieve what you want to do. So I think fitness also plays a very important role and. For Indians, another very important thing about skating is to get support from the parents. For the kids to support their par- to support the kids to grow in the sport and to let them continue skating. And I hope we can see a lot of talent coming soon our way. So I would really request, I think, if any parents are watching, to please encourage their kids to skate because I had blessed parents that way who always pushed me to get better. 
Awesome. You said something interesting there when you spoke about coaching and knowing that India has huge numbers of media consumption, like uh, the place where the biggest people using YouTube worldwide or um, yeah. social media accounts like TikTok that right now, from what I know, it's banned in India. Yeah. But banned. apparently you guys consume media like no one else is there anyone doing coaching online for speed skating because it seems like it's a big thing and could be used is there any any anyone doing really good content about skating in india or there's no one making it our own federation to be honest like our roller skating federation of india uh, on their facebook page they actually did a lot of good uh, live sessions with a lot of indian team coaches who were part of the indian team so you know they had live sessions they could give in a lot of input to a lot of budding athletes and uh, they actually made like all the indian team skaters do like small video clips of different training programs like just like plyometrics steps and you know core and stability and all of that and they actually put it on the facebook page of our federation so people could actually see on how they could actually work things out during the covid time so i think the online base like you said is really strong in our country because there are a lot of online viewers and uh, yeah i think that we our own federation did a lot of work in that and you know they put up a lot on the media so we people could actually see and learn and you know having a lot of live sessions was really helpful i'm assuming so I think our own federation did a lot of work in that. Okay, let me just say something. Uh, let me let me direct a message to to the Indian Federation. Can I? It's nothing to do with you guys. It's for the Indian Federation. It's a good one. Please, guys. Sure. The way that you use media, if, if to the to the Indian speed skate like skating federation, the way that you use media is very important. If you if you make an investment in producing your media. Do it to multiple accounts. When you do something on Facebook, if you don't pay for it, it's going to die. After a week, no one sees it. There are platforms out there, such as this one called YouTube, that will keep promoting and showing it to other people. So if you make the investment on making that media, put it on the right platform so people can see it in two, three, ten years from now. A good example would be a channel called Patinage and Velocidade. This one where we are, there's there's some videos. It's the truth. There's a, there's a, there's videos with two years old that reached over 20 million views. It's the only one that I know. There's the only skating video that I know with over 20 millions. This could be their work, what they're investing on other platform. This is not pointing the finger to anyone. It's just an advice if if I can. Now, <laughs> going back to Thanks. going back to. <laughs> Danish, where you are going to be in five years from now, and this is to finish, we're about to come to an end. Oh, five years from now, it's a pretty long time. Um, I definitely you know what? It's time. not. It's not. What about fifty? It's not. It's not. No, we are going to be here. If, if, this is what, <laughs> if this is what we really want to do, in 50, if I would ask you in 50, I would expect your answer to be, well, by this time, I'm going to be the grandson, the grandfather of a world <laughs> championship that is so motivated by me being world champion several times that his father was and now he wants to be too. It's just like, I'm obviously joking, but where are you going to be in five years from now? Yeah, uh, where I do you want, want to be, be in five years? Podium. I, I want to be on the international podium. I want to do a lot of world championship circuits and I want to do European circuits and a lot of world cups so i really want myself to be seen on the podium 
and uh, also after that like i told you i am also building my own track so i want to look up to i want to be seen training young people who like all these all these years of my skating career i have faced a lot of problems uh, being it on track or off track so i want to eliminate all of those problems to the young skaters so they can solely concentrate on what they are doing and what they what they need to do to perform well so this is what i want to see myself in in future <laughs> I need to tell you guys, you guys are the most amazing guests. And I'm saying this after interviewing all these world champions, but you guys like your answers are so accurate. It's it's just even hard to describe because you guys like don't go off track. You're like, amazing. Super 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 focused. You guys are super super focused and if you can keep that focus on your skating, I'm I'm not even 100. I'm 200% sure that you guys will achieve your goals. So dream big. Thank you so That's much. That's all I can tell Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope this whole thing, this whole weird situation that we're going through the moment, it's going to be back there in a bit and then we can all see as each other because I keep saying the same. Even I used to be a speed skater for a long time. I don't compete in speed skating anymore, but I'm That's what I do. I skate for a living. That's what I will do in 50 years from now if I'm here with 90 or 90. But whatever. Here is the skating world is too small. So sooner or later we're going to end up seeing each other with the World Roller Games happening. We get everyone from all sorts of skating together. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see us and I hope I celebrate with you guys you winning a medal and hopefully the gold Thank one. Thank you. <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> no, no, thank you guys for joining. It was awesome to have someone from a different country that could teach you so much about skating in a in a different part of the world that a lot of people don't know a lot about what you guys are doing and that's why I was saying it's important for someone to actually show it. I know it's huge. Yeah. But it's somehow a closed niche that people don't see a lot. and it could be a good way to promote yeah. it but obviously it needs to come from the inside and needs to come from someone there and it's probably not the two of you that yeah. are so focused into getting results for, for but for someone watching this and I, we have a lot of indian people watching this at the moment or they will watch it later there's a lot of opportunity from what i see so many skaters national brands support from the federation international coaches coming in and out it seems like there's everything for people to invest in all these different things from skating to media to brands to whatever so thank you guys thanks to everyone who watched this thank you either live or after and you know what to do make sure to subscribe to this channel if this is the first video that you are watching here there's still a, there's still more episodes on this first season and we already organizing already programming planning season number two. so if you guys want to know more about speed skating this is a channel that you want to be subscribing and pressing on that bell so you get notifications every almost every day there's new content so you know thank you everyone thank to thanks to my guests and see you guys soon cheers